Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Jack. Sports Jack. It's Sports Jack. Welcome to episode 288 of the Sports Yak Podcast. Oh, you mean the Tommy John episode? Tommy John! Are those the jeans I used to wear in the yeah, 90s? See, I knew exactly where you were going to go on this. <laughs> no, it is the pitcher from Terre Haute, Indiana. Oh! And then went on to a nice career with the White Sox, the Dodgers, and the Yankees. Oh, by the way, he also has a major surgery named after him now. Because he was the one who had a ligament from his leg placed into his elbow so that he could resume pitching. He's won 288 games, and he's not in the Hall of Fame. I don't get it. But he's in the uh, you know the medical doctor uh, well, that, dictionary. This That's... is the thing. Not only did he win 288 games, which in and of itself is a heck of an accomplishment, but then... You were the first to undergo this revolutionary surgery, which has really changed pitching for the last 40 years. Come on now. Put my man Tommy John in the Hall of Fame. Family Broadcasting Corporation. In association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Presents Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. It's all the way! It is! Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever! All right, let's get into it. I watched this Purdue game last night, and man, down to the wire. Yeah, but the problem is they should have won it. I mean, they're up five with two minutes to go. Now, I will give you the the three-pointer that Marcus Carr banked in Mm. with about 30 seconds left. That had no business going in. So that's a tough blow for Purdue. But they had some inside opportunities, particularly with Travion Williams late in that game, who didn't convert. Jay Nivey did not play his best game. Let's be honest. Uh, He had a rough shooting night. And Purdue, second time this year that I can recall, they went on the road, they had a late lead, and they let it get away, and they lose this one 71-68. They were outscored 12-4 over the final two minutes. And so now the Boilermakers are 13-7 overall, 8-6, sixth place in the Big Ten. They could have moved up into the top four of the Big Ten with a win last night. That would have been huge for them. Instead, they're kind of floundering in the middle of the pack, just like their rival, Indiana. Uh, Silly follow-up question. Do you find the floor at Mackey Arena bright, or is my TV need a a little reset? Well, now, you do realize last night when you were watching, that game was in Minneapolis. Oh, it was in Minneapolis. That was in Minneapolis. Did you you find there 
broadcast bright? It, I think it's bright in contrast with the sidelines, but that has always been the case at that particular arena. Okay. I think they focus most of their lighting, if not all of it, onto the floor. And so even looking at the bench or the crowd during a normal game, it's yeah. tough to see them. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Okay. All right. I thought it was me. Turns no, no, out no. there it is. That's been the case for a long time. That is a long-standing arena in the Big Ten. So. Uh, a tough one for Purdue last night. You hate to see games get away. Indiana almost blew one Wednesday night. Actually, they, they were lucky to win it, quite frankly. They only led for about 14 seconds of regulation against a Northwestern team that had lost nine straight coming in. And Archie Miller's team gets big games out of Al Durham, who had 24 and Armand Franklin, who had 23, and somehow they survived to beat Northwestern in double overtime. And so now Indiana has a, a little bit of a role going, but boy, do they have a tough assignment on Saturday at noon on 103.1 FM. It's number four Ohio State waiting for the Hoosiers, and I, that's just not a really good matchup for IU, although we know that Indiana against top 10 teams has fared very, very well. They've won five of their last six, maybe even six of their last seven against top 10 teams. Let's stay in the state of Indiana. This uh, headline popped up, what, uh, late afternoon yesterday mm-hmm. evening? Yeah. Valparaiso was dropping Crusaders. Yeah, they say that uh, the KKK has been using Crusader as a title for a newspaper it does. I, I don't know. I not aware of that. Not on my radar. Uh, <laughs> they also point out that the Crusades back in the 1100s um, weren't exactly the most pristine mission of Christianity. It was the Christians fighting the Muslims. However, uh, if you look up the dictionary definition of crusader, it's one who fights or one who um, stands up for moral causes. And so one would think that you would want your university associated with that kind of name. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think we're just getting to the point, Corey, where it's it's tough to tell what's right and what's not. And it's tough to say who's making the decisions on this. Apparently, both the faculty and the students voted on this. But I find it very interesting that it was an interim president who made the call on this. So it's like, I'm not here very long. I'm going to leave my little impact. So I I saw a lot of people pontificating on this yesterday. Mm-hmm. Most of them outraged. Well, and so no no new name. We don't know the what the new there will of- be. As with all things in life these days, there will be a committee to come together there will be meetings. I'm sure there will be snacks, probably, and <laughs> there will be. And someone in that meeting will go, "Let's go with the Valpo Vikings. That'll be okay, won't it?" Well, see, the high school there is the Vikings, and okay, if if you're going to carry this forward, I mean, now the Vikings were uh, a Norse people, obviously, but they pillaged and plundered. What are we going to come up with that's going to please everybody? I don't Vipers? Know. Vapors? 
Oh, uh, a brood of vipers, yeah. Who wouldn't want to be that? <laughs> a brood. <laughs> there's, a, there's a word that doesn't get used much. All right, let's get into it. You're a busy, busy man starting right after this. Yes, we get ready for the renewal of what many call the Holy War of the Hardwood. St. Joe, ranked number eight, goes over to play Marion, ranked number four. Here's a few fun facts for the kids that listen to the yak. St. Joe has not won in Marion's gym since 2007. Marion is very good in its own gym. They have won 39 of the last 41 there. In fact, the two losses that they've had have come this year to Adams and Riley. So Marion doesn't lose very often at home. They don't appear to lose to St. Joe at home in the last 14 years. Marion has beaten St. Joe five straight times. When we talked to the two camps, it was interesting that while both coaches are kind of trying to downplay this game because they're well aware that the sectional draw comes out in nine days, and it's very possible that Marion and St. Joe will play again in the tournament with much higher stakes. So both coaches are like, yeah, it's a big rivalry. We get it, but we're not getting caught up in this. There are more games to be played after this, and they're absolutely right. And the bigger game to be played after this will likely be sometime around the first week of March when they play each other again. So you've got that lingering over this one. If you want to break it down, St. Joe has J.R. Konesny, the Notre Dame recruit. He's now number five on the all-time county scoring chart, number one on the all-time St. Joe scoring chart. He's averaging 30 points a game, but they have to find some offense from other people, whether it's Will Terry or Jack Fuda or Connor Litka or Jack Quinn. Somebody has to help step up because last year against Marion in the tournament, J.R. Konesny scored 42 points and his team still lost. So other people have to contribute. Marion, I saw them in person Tuesday night, Corey. They are long and quick and lanky, and, man, they just give you fits with their defense. Now, I don't think they're going to hold St. Joe to 35, and neither does their head coach, Rob Berger. But he'd love to keep the Indians right around the 58-59 mark. Marion feels like if they can score 60, they'll win just about any game they play because that's how good their defense is. And they're starting to figure it out on offense. Rich Brooks had a huge second quarter the other night against New Prairie. He dialed it up for 20 points the other night. Mitchell Menting has started to find the range from three-point land. He has really worked on that part of his game in the offseason, and it shows he had a career-high 16 the other night against New Prairie. And don't forget about their sophomore point guard, Deglin Sullivan, who is a terrific penetrator and can really get to the basket. So should be a fun one. Man, this is one of those nights where you wish that anybody could show up because that would be a packed gym. There would be such great atmosphere. It's not going to be that way, but we'll make the best of it tonight. We'll show it to you live, Facebook, YouTube, and the Champions Network right around 7.30 tonight. Don't, don't tune in at 7.45. You might miss the first quarter. Well, and because you have to do that and more people can watch that way, I would like to provide some ideas for your uh, broadcast production team to accentuate the broadcast. Might I suggest for some bumper music to be thematic? Burger Man by ZZ Top. Ah. 
Holy Wars by Megadeth. And finally, the theme from Dallas, because JR will be playing. Why don't you uh, put those in email? Okay. And send them to Dean, behind the scenes Dean. <laughs> okay. And to uh, M- Mr. Tom Ward, our audio guy. Just some ideas. They, Who knows? They might take you up on it. Maybe I'll even get it ready on my end and just send it to them and just say, here. Perfect. Perfect. Because, you know, I have to concern myself with the things going on outside the truck. Yes. On the basketball floor. I can't be... You can't be holding hands. Handling everything for everyone. No, you're very, very busy. I am. And you don't have just one game to prepare for. You have two. I have two. So let's go to the Saturday game that we have, and then we'll backtrack and talk about the other boys' games. But the Saturday game we have is over at Jimtown. They're hosting the regional with South Bend Washington's girls, who have not played in a regional since 2009, playing Kankakee Valley. KV. The Cougars with a K. KV is their called over in that neck of the woods. Exactly. And as their logo, which looks straight out of a grocery store from the 1970s, um, <laughs> would tell you. Now, shout out, DeMott. <laughs> here's, here's the thing in this game. Kankakee Valley, Doug Nelson is their head coach. He's got over 200 wins. This is not his first rodeo. He knows what he's doing. And he knows that they can't play at the tempo that South Bend Washington wants to play at. Washington scores 61 points a game. I think KV scored 61, maybe two games this year. So don't be surprised if Kankakee Valley tries to hold the ball. Washington likes to play a 1-3-1 zone where they can trap a lot. They're going to try to force turnovers, create their offense out of their defense. We'll see if they can do that. Washington has an outstanding junior by the name of Mila Reynolds, the coach's daughter. Uh, She is number four right now on the Washington all-time scoring list, which, by the way, is headed up by Skylar Diggins, and she ain't catching her. Uh, (laughs) But that said, Mila's committed to play at the University of Maryland for Brenda Freese, and it'll be our first time to showcase her on TV 46. She has a sister, Amaya, who is fourth in the state in assists. And they have a point guard, Rashunda Spider-Jones. They call her Spider because she seems to be quick and all over the place. And so we'll look forward to showcasing them against Kankakee Valley. That game will be played at 1 o'clock. Now, if you must watch it live, you can pay for the paywall at the IHSA TV. Or if you've got a little patience in your life, you can wait till 4 o'clock and we'll show it to you on TV 46 at 4 p.m. Saturday afternoon. Uh, I've got some follow-up ideas for this game. Feel free. Theme from Spider-Man, obviously. Yes. Obviously. Uh, Was there a jingle for Reynolds rap? Because I have a feeling those two girls will end up doing a Reynolds rap on their opponents. Uh, You may have gone a little obscure there. Uh, And Back in Time by Huey Lewis in the News, because obviously Kankakee Valley is on Central Time, Washington's on Eastern Time, just to throw in the time reference. Maybe time after time, Cindy Lauper. You're really caught up on this time zone thing, which I don't think will have any kind of factor whatsoever on the game. But thank you. You never know. You never, never know. And once again, I email that to Dean or Tom. 
That's correct. Okay. I would go with idea one over idea two. Really? Yes. You don't think that second idea is fleshed out good enough? No. All right. Yeah. Well, at least you're honest. I am. I'm very honest with you. Sometimes cold-hearted in doing so, I can live with that. This break brought to you by Cynicism. Back to you. Mm-hmm. So, back to, back to boys' high school hoops tonight. Tonight. So... Not only do you have St. Joe and Marion going on Mishawaka, right. you have Northwood at Mishawaka. Now, Mishawaka moved this year from the NIC to the Northern Lakes Conference. Do you know how many conference titles Mishawaka has won in the last 70 years? Uno, por favor. They have won one conference title in the last 70 years, and now in their first year in the Northern Lakes, they could make it two if they can beat Northwood tonight. Uh, Mishawaka has a young man by the name of Trent Johnson, who, for my money, automatic first-team All-NLC selection. He's been terrific this year. Gets help from Maddox Yohe. They've got to control the sophomore combination of Brenner and Rash for Northwood. Also tonight, you've got Triton down at LaVille. Uh, Northridge, with their three-point shooting barrage that they like to put on, they go over to Concord and play at McEwen Gym. And then, of course, we have games going on up in Michigan. Don't have the schedule in front of me, but great game in Michigan last night. Uh, Dwajak and Barry and Springs went double overtime before the Ooh. Chieftains pull it out 57-52. Girls games tomorrow besides Washington and Kankakee Valley. Washington is in the same regional as the Lakeland Lakers. Dale Gearhart has his team in a regional for the first time in 25 years. They'll play Griffith in the first game over at Jimtown, and then the winners come back and play on Saturday night for the championship. And Lakeland will be favored over Griffith. They're a 20-win team this year. Penn, Christy Ulrich's Mighty Express, has to handle Merrillville in the morning and then probably a showdown with number 2 Crown Point in the regional final over at LaPorte. That should be, as the kids say today, Juicy. Then over in 2A, the best semifinal maybe in the state, North Judson with Lily Frazier, their 2,000 point score, perhaps a candidate for Miss Basketball, taking on Andrean, which is 18 and 1. The winner of that game likely to play Fairfield in the regional championship. Brody Garber's Falcons have to deal with Bluffton in the semifinals. And in 1A, Triton has a tough task in taking on Fort Wayne Blackhawk Christian down at Caston. And then if they get past that, they would play the winner of Pioneer Couts, which in my mind is likely Pioneer, one of the top five teams in Class 1A. You know, I don't know if if someone has done this yet, but uh, the way you said the word juicy, I submit this idea. Get a great pair of sweatpants and put that word right across the hindquarters. I think that's been done. Oh, it has? I think that's been done. Oh, wow. I must not be going to the right stores. (laughs) No, I think you are going to the right stores if you're not seeing it. All right. Uh, You want to get into some hockey talk? The Blackhawks. Well, you were high on Blackhawks this weekend, and all of a sudden. Well, here's what happened, Corey. So yesterday you find out that they have two big injuries. One of them is Andrew Shaw. One of the most popular players on the team, he suffered a concussion. He's had a history of concussions, so there's no way of telling when he's going to be back. But he's kind of one of the glue guys on that team. Okay. So his absence is huge. 
But then they also lost a defenseman, Connor Myers, for about two weeks with a hip problem. And boy, did that show in the third period last night. Blackhawks have a two-goal lead. I'm tech- This is one of the first times I've had a chance to watch a whole Blackhawks game. I'm texting with my son. I'm texting with friends. We're all enjoying the fact that the Blackhawks are playing well. It's the first time in probably three or four years that they have played this well. Things are going good. They're going to win their fourth in a row, and for the sixth time in the last seven games, this is going to... This is going to be great. Is your uh, is your boy St. Pius in the game? And, and I found out it's not pronounced Pius. It's pronounced Pius. 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 What uh, nationality is that? I believe he's from uh, some Scandinavian country. Are you getting the last name correct? Suter, yeah. All right. That part, we've been on the money on. All right. So, Pius. Pius Suter. Okay. And, and he was skating well last night. So the Hawks are up 4-2 in the third. Columbus scores a pair of goals. Boom, boom. Real quick. It's 4-4. Come on, guys. And then Patrick Kane with a beautiful goal down the left side of the ice. And you think, this with about six minutes left. You think, all right, got it. 5-4. We'll take the W. Columbus ties it up. 5-5. Lickety split. And then with about two minutes left in regulation, they get the game winner and win 6-5. Hawks give up four goals in the third period, blow a two-goal lead, and lose it by a count of 6-5. And so now instead of sitting there at 7-4-4, four, and four, you're three above 500. you you've got this winning streak going, you're 6-5-4. and four. And all I hear after the game is, well, they didn't have Andrew Shaw. And, well, you're not going to. So are we going to cancel the whole season because this guy is out, or are we going to step up and play like men? There's a lot of season left. There is a lot, a lot of season, of season left. left. So let's go. Uh, follow-up statement, to only because you brought it up. Uh, between 1984 and 1987, both faculty and students alike were amazed at the way I could weave and wobble through the hallways of Lakeshore High School. My nickname was Lickety Split. Back to me. Now, no Back name- to you. <laughs> Now, Notre Dame Hockey plays tonight. Who? They play number five, Minnesota. Now, will their, uh, will their floor be too bright for my eyes? Well, uh, no. It's a hockey rink. Okay. I, I think it'll be fine. You've seen games televised before from the Compton Family Ice Arena. Oh, they're here. Okay. They're here. They're here. All right. Notre Dame, because they seem to play really well on the road, beat Minnesota twice up in Minnesota's arena earlier this season when the Golden Gophers were ranked number one. But now they come here to South Bend, and I still say Jeff Jackson should put the guys on a bus and drive them around for a half hour, come back to the arena, and treat it like it's a road game. Take them over to uh, Raising Canes, let them sit in the drive-through lane mm-hmm. for 42 minutes. Yes. And then by the time, they'll be... They'll be Discombobulated, right? Like, what's what? Where are we? What's happened? And uh, although I don't think that would be quite on the nutrition menu for the uh, for the team, but oh, you nevertheless, haven't you haven't had it yet. I haven't. And uh, nevertheless, the Irish have to find a way to play better on their home rink, and hopefully, that will happen tonight with the Golden Gophers. And as a fan, still can't go. Nope, not at all. Not a single fan in there. Nope. I wonder why that is. I wonder why they haven't figured that out yet. I don't know, but it stinks. Yeah, it does. All right. 
Are you ready? I'm ready. I, I put two on the docket for today, but you are you are welcome to change or do whatever you'd like. I, th- I thought I had one brewing this morning. Let me, uh, let's go through these two and then let me see if it pops out. Yeah. I think we've done number one. Okay. I feel like we've. All right. That's fine. Um, let's just go with the second one there. Santana. Santana. I uh, set a record this week of nine podcasts, future podcasts for my. You've been a busy guy. My other real estate that I have. Mm-hmm. And one of those conversations with a young man named Caleb Chapman. Caleb Chapman is the young, uh, the oldest of the Chapman siblings, Stephen Curtis Chapman, uh, the goat of Christian music, a, a legend, a legend. Okay. And uh, I asked him when was his first glimpse of music where he's like, I love this, this is great. And he sheepishly uh, admitted to Santana and Rob Thomas smooth okay asking his father how does one make his guitar sound like the voice mm-hmm. of the singer and uh, uh we did laugh at that but at the same time that's kind of a santana thing yes it is making that thing sing you know, i say underrated i would tend to agree with you also because of longevity of career agreed i mean my goodness this guy's still making hits recently and he was making hits in the 1970s as well i'd also like to point out he had some of the most amazing album artwork that is now a lost art Uh, oh yeah album cover art used to be huge but he has one of my all-time favorite uh, album covers of all time. Let me pop it up here. And this doesn't do it justice, but it's a like a lion's head. Okay. But if you get close to it, as you could back in the day, mm-hmm. it's all marker, pen, very detailed. And if you find a high-quality um, copy of that, and I, I do remember this when I was younger because I thought the word said, what does it look like when you just glance at it? Uh, Satan. Satan. Yeah. No, it's Santana. Santana. It's Santana. Do you have a favorite Santana song? I mean, Smooth is a, a goat of Sm- songs. Smooth is right up there. Black Magic Woman. Uh, what's, what are his big songs? I got them right here. I got them. I got them, Chuck. Give me a second. This is why This is why we do show prep, kids. Well, smooth, sometimes. Smooth is uh, the number one streaming. 194 million streams. Maria Maria, that was on that record too. Mm-hmm. You remind me of a West Side Story, right? Oh, you come about, <clears throat> and a song called Mamacita. I don't know that one. Do you know that one? Uh I've probably heard it. It sounds familiar, but I couldn't hum it for you here or anything like that. And you're probably thankful for that, listener. <laughs> All right, I I have switched gears here. I have a new number two. For overrated, underrated. I will follow up with a number three myself. Are you ready? I am. Drake. Drake? As in Drake from State Farm? Showing up on the State Farm commercials? Which I thought was a genius move. I thought that was, that's, and the fact that he was willing to to play along with it, I thought was good. Overrated. I would agree. Overrated. I, I think he's talented. 
obviously he's hugely popular. You know, he's he's made again another guy we don't have to hold telethon for. Right. But yeah, to me it's it's like Gertrude Stein said of Oakland. There's no there there. Uh, there's just there's no substance. I I'm not going to call it music, but I find his craft unappealing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do know that he is something. He's an entity. Yes. Like there was a commercial for a while. Uh, do you remember when we used to go to the movie theater to see movies? Um, vaguely, yeah. You you might not remember this because you didn't visit uh, as much as I did. But there was a Sprite commercial where he was rapping a lyric and he was drinking the Sprite and and he split into multiple things and the Sprite kind of brought him back. And I rem- I remember hearing out loud audibly, ooh, Drake. Oh, Drake. And I was like, I don't, I don't, and I don't, it's not that I don't get it. I'm just not, not right. a fan. I think he's overrated. I would agree. I ask you this. I don't think we've done this. I don't think. But she has a new movie out today that you can either stream or attempt to go to a theater. Kristen Wiig. Kristen oh, Wiig. I would say underrated. I think she was extremely versatile on Saturday Night Live. Uh, I loved the Target character. I loved me some Target. I loved, uh, uh, what was the little girl's name with the curly hair? Itty, ju- oh, or, uh, yeah. That, was that was not my favorite. You didn't like that one? No. And she'd go, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Lily, Lily. I liked Lily. Yeah, so that didn't do anything for me. But I, I give her props, and I think she's had a pretty decent acting career. She's branching out a little bit. <laughs> doing some things that are a little bit more uh a little bit more serious i'm you know she understands that her niche is comedy but i i think she's good i i would say underrated i love me some bridesmaids oh great movie Kristen wig i think, underrated i think we both said underrated i am in agreement with you on this episode 288 Kristen wig underrated all right drake overrated this feels good this feels right. This feels Friday. Well, hopefully everybody has themselves a good weekend. You're on Twitter, aren't you? I am. At my name is Corey. And if you haven't seen it yet today, the mom that tackles the peeper yes. is fantastic. Great form. I think Marcus Freeman, the new defensive coordinator at Notre Dame, is looking to uh, fill a recruiting slot and might go after There was a There was a hint of a clothesline, almost a stone-cold stunner as well. She, But she had good form. She kept the head to the outside, used the shoulders, drove through the legs. I, I thought it was a really nice form tackle. I think a lot of high school coaches are going to be using that dashboard camera film <laughs> to show their players how to tackle this year. I may have yelled, down goes Frazier during one of the viewings. What's one of the that? multiple, multiple viewings. viewings, I'm sure. You're on Twitter, right? I am at 46 Sports. Hit the subscribe button so you never miss a high-quality, non-award-winning episode such as this. Until next time, Yak fans. Ooga-looga, Tommy John. Now, those are jeans, right? We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sport Check. Sport Check. Sport Check is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done.